Just watch basketball. Hello and welcome to the Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. I am Dave DeFore here with Keith Parrish for your final weekend update of the regular season. Before we start, don't forget you can get this podcast without ads by going to theathletic.com slash NBA show and subscribing. Keith, everything that we expected to happen this weekend came to pass. No surprises. It all went chalk. It honestly did. The final day of the regular season is exciting in some sense. There are still some things to be worked out. There were seeding questions. I guess the biggest question on Sunday was, were any of the Eastern Conference teams going to maybe dodge the Nets? Or like, would the Bucks going to suit their players up? And the Bucks did not suit their players up against the Cavaliers. And I feel like everything else, there was no big surprise. It felt like these matchups, unfortunately, maybe it's just bad luck for the NBA schedule. They all pitted teams that were playing for something against teams that were not playing for anything. So, you know, good job Pacers putting up a little bit of a fight Good job, Wizards, for playing the Hornets close. But basically, most of Sunday, where every NBA team played, it was a team that wanted to play for something, winning, getting the job done against a team that had already either locked up their seating or was on a 1-2-3 Cancun, let's get out of here, or even had settled their draft position and they didn't care if they win a game. Good job, Orlando Magic, getting that moral victory on the last day of the season. Yeah, and the Lakers playing Mac McClung. On the final oh, yeah, day of the regular also, season, the let's sign know, some new guys. Let's give them some right. playing time. Uh, yeah, quick rundown. I mean, the Bulls beat the Wolves. Uh, the Spurs lose to the Mavericks, and that's actually a game, Keith, that that we should talk about because ramifications for the playoffs from this game. Luka Doncic strained his left calf and had to leave the game and was ruled out for the rest of the game. Man, they've got a they've got a playoff game series. That starts in less than a week, six days. Keith, when I strained my calf, it was about six weeks before I could walk without a limp. So I know the Twitter user in street clothes, he let us know that the average missed time this season for a calf strain is 16 days. But he also spelled out there's a huge variance on calf injuries. We don't know what it means. That Mavericks game, so they were playing for something. The Nuggets, the Mavericks, the Jazz all had some seeding question marks on Sunday and the Warriors, excuse me. And so the Warriors and Mavericks both wanted to win, trying to get that three seed. And the Warriors took care of business. Jason Kidd said the plan was to play the starters, you know, through the third quarter and then maybe take the foot off the gas. But Luka Doncic gets injured in this game uh, against the Spurs where the Spurs have nothing to play for. And they end up as the four seed. But yeah, if Luka's hurt, that's obviously the massive story and maybe the biggest takeaway from Sunday. And this is kind of like a side note to the play-in. Having this week off is going to create these situations because I understand Jason Kidd's mindset here. He said, we don't play till Saturday. Mm -hmm. These guys need to play. We can't have them out of condition. Now, I don't know if I agree with that or not, Keith, but I can at least understand, hey, a week off is a week off. That's a long time for the NBA, especially with the Mavs. They're playing some of their best basketball the last couple months. 
Well, we don't have data on that. And that's a question that carries over from like the NFL and professional football, where it's like if you have your seating wrapped up in week 17 or 18, however many weeks long the NFL season is now, do you rest your guys? Like, do you lose your rhythm? I know teams such as the Suns dealing with it and like the Grizzlies. If you've locked up your seating, does it matter? The Grizzlies were in a situation on Saturday where they were John Morant returned. And then it's like, do we get more practice time? We haven't had a healthy squad all season. The Grizzlies, you know, like, should, should we practice? Get a practice run in against a very good Celtics team. Uh, the Grizzlies said no. They accepted a massive blowout uh, at the hands of the Celtics. And we don't know yet because this play-in tournament is so new. This concept of having six days off before the playoffs start for the one through six seeds you know, I, I don't know the right answer. If there is something to, we need to play right up until the final whistle of the regular season to to not lose our routine, or if it's going to matter at all. If you, you take the games off, you rest your guys up. And obviously the nightmare scenario is what the Mavericks are going through, where your best player maybe picks up an injury that affects him in the playoffs. Yeah, only a week until they have that series start on, on next Saturday. And, you know, you mentioned the Grizzlies getting some practice. 55-point quarter for them on Saturday, Keith. What was <laughs> yeah. that like, man? Yeah, that was unreal. I believe that's the fourth highest-scoring quarter in NBA history. They dropped 55 in a quarter against the Pelicans. And then on Sunday, I mean, Sunday, so the final day of the regular season, Dave, I love the ridiculous stat lines. You know, there's been years past. There's been shenanigans with teams trying to lose, maybe letting Mark Matson shoot all the three-pointers he wants to. There's also been some random 40-point games on the final day of the regular season. Tonight, we had, like, Malik Monk going for 41. By the way, can we say Kevin Love? Kevin Love scored 32 points in 14 minutes. It's amazing. That's never been done before in NBA history. We also had a triple-double from John Conchar in the Grizzlies game. There were some weird stat lines. I mean, also, the entire, the six guys who played for the Thunder. The Thunder fans have never heard of the six players who sued up for the Thunder today. <laughs> Yeah, John John Conchar, definitely with the uh, funniest triple-double. Uh, 7 of 11 from the field for him. 13 rebounds. Pound for pound, the best rebounder in the league, right? <laughs> uh, the, and you mentioned funny 40-point games. Well, Clay Thompson, not nothing funny about 41 from Clay on 29 shots, Keith. Now, look, you expect more or better efficiency, I should say, from Clay Thompson. But this is uh, one of those things where they're trying to get him going before the playoffs, right? Well, they just need him. With no Steph Curry, they need him. And I think it's going to be interesting. You have Jordan Poole having this amazing year, making a, a, a late and strong push for the Most Improved Player Award. The Warriors just flat out need Clay, and they wanted to win this game. They wanted to get that three seed. And, and Clay shows up with his high scoring game of the season, you know, scoring 41. It's no uh, Luke Garza 20 and 10 game. Shout out Luke Garza having a career day, final day of the season. More impressive 20 and 10 game, Dave. Luke Garza or Santi Aldama? Santi Aldama, for sure. I mean, we're going <laughs> to give it to him every day of the week. He's got a cooler name. <laughs> also, I can't get over so that the Jazz, they're sort of playing for something. They were in a tank battle, it seemed like, in the first quarter. I found this very amusing. The Jazz missed all 14 of their three-point attempts in the fourth quarter before finally regaining their form and blowing the Portland Trailblazers, who also, by the way, are, are, are no... Um, small shakes when it comes to tanking. They're they're incredible loss down, down this, this this end of the season. Just unbelievable uh game plan for other teams in future seasons to lose a lot of games. 
Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son Evan continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and Cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. So the Phoenix Suns wrap up the regular season as the number one overall seed, 64-18 and 18 on the season, Keith. They are a wins machine. That's all they do. They win. Whether Chris Paul's in there, Devin Booker, doesn't matter. They just win games. It feels like the favorites to make the finals out of the West to you? I think definitely. I mean, they're, they're at the very least the safest pick. You're not going to find more people with a consensus outside of the Suns. I think so much of this season for the Suns, I mean, they're obviously so good. They had the best regular season by far in the NBA. It's just such a reflection on Chris Paul, who's gone to so many different franchises and logged that franchise's best regular season ever. And this is like the fourth one where he's done it. And so that's just amazing. And I think anything but the NBA Finals is a pretty big disappointment for the Suns. But I think you got to say they're definitely the West favorite, if not the entire title favorite. You know, again, at least to betting, because the, the, the Eastern Conference is so wide open that, yeah, Suns fans, they're expecting a lot. So I'm going to run through the top 10 in the West. Uh, the one seed Suns, two seed Memphis Grizzlies, three Golden State Warriors, four Mavericks, five Jazz, six Nuggets. So that's your at-birth playoff top six. And then, of course, in the play-in, we're going to get Minnesota versus the L.A. Clippers. We're going to get the Pelicans against the Spurs. And, Keith, like, look, the play-in is a success as far as I'm concerned. The Clippers are scary to a lot of teams, but I don't know if they're as scary to Minnesota as they are to some of the teams that are in the top six. That's just that's an interesting thought. Yeah, I'm not sure. You know, the... The return of Paul George, the return of Norm Powell and his health makes the Clippers frightening. And, like, I know as someone who covers the Grizzlies, it's not not looking forward to a Paul George and Norm Powell Clippers team like it is a possible first-round matchup for the Grizzlies. But that, that Timberwolves-Clippers game should be very, very exciting on Tuesday night. I'm also curious, does, like, does past play-in experience help you at all? Like, will the Spurs have a benefit of actually being in the play-in. I mean, I do think there's something to it. I do think there's something to young players. Maybe there is a progression, and maybe it is just the fact that I covered the Grizzlies and I saw it. Like, they lost in the play-in, and then last year they won both games of the play-in to make the playoffs, and this year you know, they're in at-large berth. But, like, is there some experience gained in that situation of their game reps? I know it's not the same squads each season. Like, will the Spurs have some benefit? Will Jonas Valanciunas and the Pelicans have some benefit of being in the play-in every single year it's been around? I don't know. Got to allow one of these teams to sign Kemba Walker. If you've got a single-game elimination, <laughs> you should be able to sign Kemba Walker Exceed the salary cap, go outside the salary cap, whatever. It doesn't matter. Switching to the East, number one seed, Miami Heat, locked it up. Possibly the least favored one seed in recent memory, Keith, at least for me. It feels like he, they've got a lot of glaring issues that have been patched up 
by a miraculous coaching job by Eric Spolstra. Well, I think it's really strange when the conversation comes to coach of the year. No one says Eric Spolstra. It feels like at all. I know Monty Williams is probably going to win it. I think Taylor Jenkins is a great candidate. Like Ty Lue gets mentioned all the time. No one seems to mention Eric Spolstra, who's had this team. They're the one seed in the East. They've had a lot of injury problems. They've had just different players in and out of the lineup all season, yet here they are. I'm not sure how to handicap them, though. There's so many questions as far as, I guess, all of the Eastern Conference. I, I would assume the Bucks are the favorites. And then the Sixers and Raptors is just such an interesting matchup. The Raptors have been playing out of their minds recently. And we've recently gotten the news that Matisse Teibel is going to be unavailable for the Sixers in the road games at Toronto because of his vaccination status. And I don't think anyone is feeling super confident about what James Harden's bringing to the table. I feel like most people are kind of, most analysts are circling that one as like a, a possible upset. So the East is wide open. And yeah, I mean, why not Miami? You know, like why can't Miami come out of it? I, I'm not sure. Like what is, what's your opinion right now of these teams? I know I did not mention the Bulls. That was on purpose. Yeah, I, no, we shouldn't talk about the Bulls here. Uh, I think the Bucks. you know, they feel like the, the safest bet um, almost everyone else is dealing with some injury issues, and the Bucks dealt with their injury issues, and now they're kind of working things out. The Raptors are going to be tough for the Sixers. Uh, and let me just run through the seating real quick. Miami 1, Boston 2, Bucks 3, Sixers 4, Raptors 5, Bulls 6. That's your top six. And then you're playing. You're going to have Brooklyn versus Cleveland in the 7-8 game, Hawks, Hornets in 9-10. And look, I, all eyes are going to be on Brooklyn because they are probably the scariest seven seed in NBA history. I think the East play-in is actually incredibly exciting and intriguing. Clearly, you have Kyrie and KD, but we, I think, have been, like you and me both, possibly now, like we were out on the Cavs, but like Evan Mobley came back, and there's rumors of Jared Allen coming back, and that is not going to be a fun matchup for the interior of the Nets defense. Like, you're going to put Nick Claxton on them? Like, yeah, I know Andre Drummond and Nick Claxton had a huge game on Sunday, but, like, that's going to be a very tough matchup and in a single game. Like, that's a tough that's a tough matchup for the 7-8, and if the Nets happen to lose that or even the Cavaliers lose that, then you play the winner of Hawks-Hornets Two teams with incredible firepower. We've seen Trey Young and the Hawks do this last year in the postseason. Like, it's going to be really, really difficult um, to prognosticate what even happens in that. I Like, the the West play-in, not nearly as exciting, at least as far as I'm concerned. But the East has just so many interesting storylines and maybe even a, a higher level of talent in, in that 7 through 10 seeds. Yeah, and, and the offensive variance in that bottom four in the East has to be scaring the hell out of the Miami Heat because they don't have the firepower to hang with those guys. And they've got the defense, but the scoring is going to be an issue, Keith. Uh, we're looking forward to the play-in this week. The games are going to be fun. Got the playoffs starting next week. Keep it locked into the Athletic NBA show all week. We're going to have the Daily Ding. We're going to have tampering. We're going to have buds. We're going to have all the shows all week long as we look ahead to the playoffs. Play-in this week, Keith. I'm not making any predictions. Are you? I mean, I will if you want me to. Yeah. You know, I think, I think the East 
Seven seed Nets, eight seed Hawks. Sorry, Cavaliers fans. And then I think the Timberwolves are going to beat the Clippers. And I think it's going to be seven and eight. I think the, uh, the then the Clippers lose the Timberwolves, but they're going to hold off uh, winner of Pelicans. Spurs? That one I have a tough time picking. I'm going to say Pelicans uh, defeat the Spurs. I'll say Pelicans, too, uh, even though I said I wasn't going to make any predictions. <laughs> uh, that's going to do it for the regular season, folks. Playoff basketball starts now. Hope you guys have a great start to your week. Keith, get out of here. Ding, ding. <laughs>